Welcome to the Avance Podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Nick. And we are broadcasting, not live, from my couch as usual. Uh, <laughs> it's a nice place to be. It's a nice it place. Uh, we've got the air conditioning going. Uh, hopefully they can't hear it. Uh, <laughs> it's so far so good. We're so not far, dying so of heat yet. Right? Yeah. I think Daniel's warmer than we are, though. Pretty much. Yeah, Don't. well, we're going to get to him in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll talk about our guests in a minute. But first, we'll talk about our Carter Automotive Group tip of the week. This one comes from some inspiration over the weekend. We helped a friend out with some wheels. Well, you did. <laughs> <I> was... <laughs> how'd, that, how'd that go? That was, it was interesting. So... There was some stuff on her on her wheels that was she had some body work done and uh, it needed to come off. It turned out it was just a little compound that had piled up on there and dried. Uh, so not as bad as we thought. It was ready to etch into the wheels, but that was a, a quick get off. Then a little polishing with some Brio's products and good to go. What was interesting though is some vibration, which uh, given the last track day and some melted rubber, I've seen that stuff. You see some rubber like stick to the tire and that caused a little vibration. Yeah, we were having that conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You scrub it off in the corners. So usually, you know, or you're like, you you know, grab some pliers and pull it out of your fender liners when it's melted in there because you're driving so hard. Well, in this case, I didn't didn't see any of that. I didn't see any excess rubber. The tires were well-worn, but not dangerously so. Just, I was like, huh, this is odd. So I'm cleaning up the wheel and I'm like, I'm like looking at the brakes, and then I went to go check the lug nuts. And two of them came out in my hand almost because they were barely held on. This is a lug stud <laughs> conversion and, on this vehicle. And um, I'm really glad that, that this person, who has probably now been the, sur- the subject of I don't know how many Carter Subaru tips of the week, uh, <laughs> really beats on their car. Oh, uh, yeah. So drive the heck out of it. Yeah. Like it's supposed to yeah. be. Uh, so, but this tip is specifically for you track people because in a lug stud conversion, this was not a cheap conversion. This wasn't like, you know, knockoff parts or junk like that. It wasn't like, you know, didn't yeah, go to, it's not from the APC part department. Yeah, of, didn't uh, go to O'Reilly's, O'Reilly's yeah. and buy yeah, the, sure. you know, the lug stud conversion kit for 15 bucks. And it's just quality parts, okay. but those wheels go on and off and on and off and on and off track wheels, street wheels, track wheels, street wheels, second set. Well, uh, they weren't over torqued. Everything was done right. It was the fact that they had just been used a lot, and it's really wet here. And on and off, on and off, you wear down the threads, you wear down um, just from that constant tightening. Even at torque, we'll wear those out. And hmm. it'll do that on any car. I actually had this happen on my C63 AMG as well. I broke three lug studs on that, driving that hard, and that car was a piece of crap anyway. But, uh, no, I've seen this happen a lot, but it's specifically in cars that are driven really, really hard. Your average street car just won't... It's so rare to see a lug stud or a lug nut break off on a regular street car that's been taken care of. Yeah, but this it is curbs, this, this yeah, is but... a, a street car slash daily driver slash race car. Yes, so, and it does yeah. get track. But yeah. the more track time you do and the more times you swap your wheels out, the more you got to pay attention to this. And it didn't, um, you know, luckily we had the right tools. So like we said, you know, I've got almost every tool you can think of in my house. This was actually a really easy thing to change. But it's going to lead to a hub change as well, because with a lug stud that goes through into the hub and all that vibration, and you kind of, as they break, it they weren't they yeah. round out. Yeah. yeah. Again, not that hard of a repair, but it could, it's definitely one that can leave you stranded. So you have to pull the axle to get the studs out? Uh, no, I didn't have to. Okay. Yeah. That's good. They, were, I was, they weren't pressed in. Luckily, these were not a press-in stud. This was a double-thread stud. If you have a press-in stud, then, yeah, you're going to have to pull the hub to get yeah. it in there properly. So this was a much easier fix. We actually ended up just replacing them with the actual factory uh, lug bolts. So instead of just basically, we basically just uninstalled the lug stud conversion kit. Okay. Really handy for swapping your wheels out, but yeah, it, uh, it would, it could have been a catastrophic failure. So yeah. as you swap your wheels out, at least every season, check your studs, check your, uh, check your hubs, make sure that everything is tight, torqued properly. 
You don't have too much play. If you have lug nuts, make sure you don't have too much play in there because as you swap them over and over again, this just turns into a wear item. It's not a wear item on a street car, on a standard street car. <laughs> I mean, and if you drive like Brian Elish, maybe, but for the rest of us, <laughs> we have a certain listener who drives pretty hard. Yeah. Um, but All for the rest of us, it's just something you don't think about. It's just not a real concern. And it probably is the one and only advantage that a center lock offers to a street car is that you pretty much never wear them out. Yeah. But other than that, like, yeah, this is something you need to be concerned about. So all you track people out there, anybody who does a lot of really, really hard driving, this is something you want to, you want to check critically. And you, no matter if you're like most of us and you religiously torque your lug nuts, you know, right where your lug bolts to where they're supposed to be, this can still be a wear item, especially around here when you're in really mixed environments of sand and water, things that wear things down. Or this is the one thing I want to add. If you have spacers, even minimal spacers, this causes ex excessive wear on your hardware. Because it's pushing the wheels out. Pushing the wheels out. You're yeah. you're, those studs are taking a little bit more stress than they normally would. And, I mean, even when they're designed for this, you're still pushing. You're putting a little more weight on that stud every time. So, again, this was an easy fix. Back on the road the same day. Said to round up the right parts and get it going. But it could have been easily off the road the same day. So Exactly. Yeah. yeah. This could be a catastrophic failure. So. Something you definitely want to religiously check if you are a part-time track junkie like a lot of us are. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, um, let's get into our guests. I want to first thank uh, Jake, Jacob Crumbly. If you are in Avance, L.A., you know Jacob. He is our, our lead of Avance tech down yeah, there. He's been on the show. And he's been on the show, uh, and he has been finding us people left and right as Avance opens up into the L.A. and, and California area. And th this week, he was very excited about this guest, has been very excited about this guest. Uh, Daniel Daniel Che of Forma Works. Did, did, yes, okay, Formaworks. we're good. Yeah. <laughs> How are you, Daniel? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing really good, doing really good. Like I said, Jacob's been really excited to get you on the show, and I'm really glad we could do this. Um, can you give us a little bit, I mean, for us up here in the Pacific Northwest that, that haven't been down there and probably know you better, give us a little rundown of, of what FormerWorks is and what you do, because going to your website is a little jaw-dropping, I will say that, like yes. as far as the uh, what, 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 what it is you do. I don't so, need that, but I need that. Yeah, I need everything there. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean... So we build some of the nicest key pieces, or we call them key pieces, the keys for really nice cars. Um, and it just started because uh, we're a group of car designers um, that, you know, we were just doing a lot of freelance work designing for car companies, as well as product companies, um, watches, furnitures, medical devices, anything and everything in between. And because all of us were car guys, we just kind of wanted to build really nice stuff for ourselves because we can design it. Um, and so the, the key thing started just kind of pretty organically. And, you know, I actually was uh, in the middle of my career at, at Oakley, uh, the sunglass company, and I, I got a G-Series 930, and I just thought, man, what a piece of crap this key is. <laughs> um, I just bought a CNC mill, and... I worked with one of our engineers and, and just built something nice for myself. And turns out there was a lot of like-minded people. So that's kind of how we started. So, you know, we just sell keys right now, but um, it, it's, it's kind of what I would feel is a starting point of how we view the car industry. So that's what Formworks does. We just, we design really cool stuff 
for cool cars. It, I mean, the, your website is incredible, and I was looking, and, and you're talking about custom keys. But this is something, this is actually something that has come up a lot in conversation. And I think the car that comes up the most in, in normal conversation are Bugatti owners. And the fact that your, your second speed key or your key is basically the same one you get in a Jetta. Um, and the fact that, you know, that these car companies produce these beautiful works of art and then they give you a key that looks like they literally pulled it off the back shelf. So this is such a cool idea because, I mean, you're driving a piece of art and, and to start to start a piece of art with a piece of art is really cool looking. Yeah, I, I totally agree, because honestly, like if I just roll back to how you're saying that you're, you're buying this really nice car and the company kind of skimps on the key. That makes sense. Like that, they're going to spend where they need to to make the car really nice and also function well. Um, but maybe there's a lot of crossover components, and that's just the nature of business and how you have to budget. But that's kind of the beauty of the world post-purchase because you can really make it your own. And I think that's where we do slot in, and um, because we're all like watch guys, sneaker guys. We all yep. collect really nice gadgetry. It's just kind of like, yeah, you're right. When you see the key, you know, you don't eat and shit in your car. Like you're not, you're not living in your car. So it'd be really nice to have something that will, uh, I guess, just remind you of what you have, or just it'd be nice to just have a memento or talisman and um, something to yeah, stare at and remind you sense. you need to go drive your car. Yeah, <laughs> you haven't driven it <laughs> exactly. long enough. Yeah. Um, exactly. I want to go back a little bit on you. I mean, obviously you're a car guy and I do want to touch on the whole time at Oakley because I think that's, just, that's just yeah. not a small little bomb you dropped there. Uh, cause that's some, that's a, that's a name that we have all used in motorsports and, and, you know, skiing and everything like that. But where did you kind of come from and, and, and develop your love for cars? Uh, so I, long story short, I grew up in a garage cause my dad ran, uh, a garage like in the middle of LA and it wasn't something fancy. It wasn't a speed shop or anything. It's just standard oil changes. Once in a while there was like an engine swap, but I was just near it every day. And I just remember at some point my mom kind of pulled me back from that because she, she told me later on that, you know, I, I wanted to take you away from that environment because I didn't want you to become a mechanic. It's a hard life. <laughs> Okay. The limited scope of their understanding, right? And and that's like where the, the seed was because then I couldn't get away from cars. And every time I'd come home with my dad, he'd put me on his lap and, you know, let me use the steering wheel. And it's just, it rooted in me. And um, I think I just couldn't, like, I had to find my way back somehow. And so that kind of energy paired with the fact that I was always drawing when I was, you know, probably from three years old and it paired up to like when I found that you could draw cars or draw things around cars and live your life and make a living. <laughs> I just thought, oh, that's that's kind of perfect. And that's how it all came together. So then I went to Art Center, uh, which is one of the kind of two or three major schools in the world um, that most car designers come from. And um and yeah, and then I ended up at Oakley, which is a kind of a weird twist of events. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, basically, when I graduated school, I had 15 offers to go to most of the major car companies. But what had happened was I interned halfway through school at, at Oakley, 
And then I found out almost all of them are ex-Mercedes guys. Um, oh. Nick, the manager there, that's now the VP, I think, of design now. But um, he had just left Mercedes after 15 years. And his last car was the uh, AMG GT. And I was just like, dude, I, I think I just want to work here because I get to learn the best from these guys. I get paid better. <laughs> and I get to like actually problem solve as a product designer. I could be a stylist and solve problems. And I get to go ski for work. And I get to afford a cool car. <laughs> so I was just like, boom, 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 boom. Checking all the locks and win, yeah. Yeah, yeah so after... Um, after school, I decided, you know, I can I can come back to it or I can uh, do freelancing. And that's, yeah, my whole journey, like, was kind of seemed like it would point like a sniper in one direction. Um, and that little detour to Oakley was, like, really healthy for me because I got to understand a lot of, uh, I guess, like, manufacturing techniques and how to make things just work. Because in car design you're very sequestered to your uh, your field because it's such a big product. You know, the, so the designers will really just strictly work on styling and engineers will strictly work on engineering. But in a product company, you're much more intermingled. And I would, I dare say, like, that's what led me to be able to do what I do today with Formworks. Nice. That's funny because I always say, like, designers are the bane of an engineer's existence and vice versa, <laughs> especially when it comes to why is the oil filter there? <laughs> yeah, but I think there are so many iconic things that define, like, I mean, I look back at my childhood and, I mean, frog skins and M-frames oh, were yeah. the only things I yeah. wore. I mean, and, and that but that was something that I could pick out of a lineup. I mean, you talk about something to us that was so simple. It's like, yeah, I, I bought I bought. 90 pairs of frog skins and I've broken, I don't know how many pairs of M frames on bikes or skiing and things like that. But that simple design, um, you know, is, is so iconic to me. And then, you know, you take that, you take that simple design and now you're taking something and making the, the, the starting mechanism for a car that will be iconic and, and will, will draw you to that car so much more now. Yeah. And you've got that classic yeah, exactly. shot. Everybody's got that classic shot of all their keys on the table. Absolutely. We all yeah. have that shot yeah. from Monterey or wherever else. And then you drop that bomb and you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Why does your key yeah. look nicer than mine? Because I care about my car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, a, it's, it, it's been really cool. And I, I think the key has been such a, a great product to me to tackle because Firstly, you know, it's it's been commoditized. Like it's something that's so easy to do for one at a at a basic level. Um, so there was that challenge was like, can we actually elevate the design? Um, every one of our keys follow the same strict design process of automotive design. So I could you could pick the design. And I'll tell you what we looked at on the car, what we translated, what parts are poetic, what parts are literal, um, and so. It's it's been a definitely a fun challenge aesthetically and then technically too because I thought they would be uh, a lot simpler than than I expected. Okay. Um, but now that you know, we're doing our open spec stuff, like we have a collection where our keys can go to like basically any classic car, but it also means on the back end we have like hundreds of tools and we have like many techniques to build the keyways. So it's 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 just been a really fun process to kind of join that technical engineering world with 
the artistic, beautiful world. And um, yeah, and it just, it, it, it makes sense. Like I want it to be like a watch or a sneaker because they're like those things. They have to be beautiful, but they have to work, you know? Yeah, I'm just drooling over this as I go along because there's some of these that are really, really, I mean, like, I'm like, man, I had an FD. So I'm looking at the Legends FD key. And I'm like, man, that would have been so much cooler than that stupid plastic thing I had. Or like the, uh, like, I had a Land Cruiser too. And I'm looking at that one with the Topo map. Like, it looks like laser engraved into the key. <clears throat> yeah. Like, yeah, it's great. The FD are... key, well, that was uh, done by one of our designers that works for a certain electric car company um and i'll go that far but uh okay. he he had an fd or he still has it and it was just such a passion project for him that i think i think i can't say more because i don't want to like put him in a corner but let's just say he's a car guy he's designing some of the coolest cars now but he he chooses to drive an fd and he wanted this key for it so badly so that was a super fun one to do well and I mean, you know, you, you bring up the ideas of the electric car companies and things like that. And, and so many of these now, these new cars, you know, you, you, it's all, I, okay, so I drive a newer Subaru. I love it. You know, I got the fob. I don't have to do anything. But I miss, there's a part of me that misses getting in the car and having that tactile feeling of inserting the key and turning it. Like, I was on your website and I was looking because I've got a 59 Triumph. And, it, and, it, and it, it's such a, a, an ordeal to start that car because you have to insert the key, you have to turn it. You have there's a there's a push button start you know it's a process it, and it and it means something. Um, talk about like I mean obviously you're doing you're you're working on a lot of the older cars but I mean you have to work electronics into these cars too right because a lot of these a lot of the I'm sorry these keys because a lot of these keys have immobilizers built in them and things like that correct? Correct. So everything that we offer now we're working on some solutions for immobilizers. We're working with some OEMs actually too. Um, and I think that's the, what you hit on is so perfect because the thing is like my wife has a Tesla, like I, I hate it. I hate to say it because it's like the California Camry. I get it. Uh, <laughs> Doesn't it just take a, a credit card to start car. that? Like a credit card somewhere in no, the car or just, something? You could just use your phone. You oh, okay. Your Even phone. better. Yeah. Great. Nobody yeah. will take your and, phone away from you. <laughs> yeah. And it's so like, I guess there is a lot of convenience, um, but it's kind of like a, a slipper in your home. It's not your sneaker or your monk strap boots. Like it's, it's kind of like, I, I just want to use it to get a task done. Right. But sure. like you said, when there's a process to it, I think there's a relationship um, that you build with, with something you own. Like it, it's almost like a ritual. And I, I love the aspect of knowing your car, knowing your procedures and what you have to do. Um, and it's just, it's just interesting to me because at my time at Oakley, um, when I worked with a lot of the athletes, there was something that was really interesting to me, like on the behind the scenes of maybe like the major FIS ski athletes or, um, like the slope style snowboarders, everybody had a really unique ritual, like where they would put their boots on first and then like walk around in their boxers, listening to music to get amped up. There'd be guys that would just like sit there and try and sleep. There'd be guys that would meditate. And I think I love that because it's kind of like your own way that you tackle the world, your philosophy. And it kind of applies to the type of car you choose, the complexities of it, knowing it inside and out, the start procedure. And, and yeah, it just kind of ties back to the fact that it'd be nice to like close that loop and have 
something nice in your hand to carry around, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I'm going to jump topics a little bit, still talking about keys, but there's one in particular that uh, stands out to me because of your background, and that is the Legends GTR key and the all-carbon R32 yeah. GTR behind you. <laughs> yeah. I think I have an example right here. Yeah, this guy. This is a fun one. So uh, this one was done by our designer, John, and he had a GTR, an R32, for about eight years. <laughs> And he had multiple positions doing exterior car design. Um, and he basically jumped around the world, the UK, Germany, Japan, and everywhere he went, he literally would ship the car. So for a while here, I had a white GTR here. And it had registration stickers from like five different countries, including Canada. Um, and so lo and behold, like it's just, uh, it's easy to say he really, really loves his car. And, and he drives it hard. He dri literally drove it around the world. Um, and he actually approached me saying, hey, um, let me do a design for the GTR, like for Forma. And that's how that started. And we went through like hundreds of sketches, but this one breaks down like pretty simple. Um, proportionally, he wanted to be very poetic, right? Um, mm -hmm. If you look at our other keys, let me pick one that's like not a prototype. <laughs> but look at like not showing our, off something you're working hard on. Yeah. You're right. Our Defender key it's is very reminiscent of our roof line, of the roof line of the Defender 90, right? Um that kind of rigid construction. But he wanted to go more poetic with this guy because he said, "Hey, you know, I've driven this car for a long time and it's kind of, you know, they call it a Japanese muscle car. It's real muscular, it's strong, it's stout, but it's still a really light car and to me it, it it's like a katana it's a sword but it's not like a european heavy sword it's a light precise sword and the second thing is i've the keys in these things are so sensitive you know the tumblers are real light so i don't think we need a lot of leverage on the shape so i want to go poetic and that's what he did that's why he kind of made this into a really long kind of sword like proportion because you really don't need a lot of turning force so that was like a kind of poetic thing there the second thing was we really love the, uh, if you can see, but this guy is pretty wide. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, the holes in the key look, look exactly like the tail lights to me. Yeah. 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 So that's, that was the other thing. That was the graphic, but with surfacing, it was really to, to really uh, celebrate those bubble box arches, the box flares, ah. because it's something that was really pretty on the car for him. And that's why you see that kind of section along here. Yeah, I love the, the box thing, flares on that car. The last thing, like you said, is uh, just the taillights. Like yeah, that. that's so, so cool. Um, the reason we did the taillights, too, were he was like, you know, there are a lot of cars with double round taillights, but for some reason at night, when you just see the lights of a GTR, you just know it's a GTR. You know? yep. and it's just, it's got to be, it's got to be the proportion, just the mathematical spacing of the circles. And so you just literally like measured everything and did it to the exact proportion. And so that was this. And it's that's just, awesome. It's just every, everything is, has a really fun, cool story, but that's how he broke this guy down. I, th I think we all know that as car guys, when you're following a GTR at night, you know it. And when and being our age in our, our early 40s, you knew when a Crown Vic was behind you because you knew those <laughs> headlights. Yes. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, so with these, a little amber, exactly. I still get jumpy with that. <laughs> Th- these uh, these keys do not seem like something that I I would want to go and put on a key ring. It seems like it's such a piece of art that it would just stand alone. Like, I mean, it's not something you, I, I feel like you're going to want to put on a key ring and put it with all the rest of the normal keys, as we'll say. Yeah. Um, it just it's a standalone piece, like you were saying, sh- showing you know. Somebody would look at that. I mean, when I looked at that on the website, I instantly, when I saw the holes, I instantly saw the taillights, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I yeah. did not see the, you know, like you're talking about the haunches and stuff like that. So that's a really cool add-on. Yeah. Tell us about the Carbon GTR yeah. behind you. Uh, so this one's done by uh, Garage Active. And I think they just sold it for a million plus, which is crazy. Um, but this thing is fully decked out it's not like cosmetic like even the door sills they're they almost have every surface detail that's oem so i just know aesthetically it, it was a ton of work like they have the the correct even skirts on it but they just look like you would have gotten a mold off a of stock one but it's not because the rear haunches are like four inches out so they had to adjust like every curve so it looks oem in carbon, but it's not, you know? So yeah. I know that um, from a body and internal perspective, it's just a ton of work. Um, and then, you know, the whole engine is like 13 or 1400 horsepower and everything <laughs> all? wrapped inside. And it's just, it's, you know, it's like a, it's like a singer of GTR. And, um, and that's what I like. That's what I love because like I have this here and then I have a Citroen DS coming next week. And, uh, we just did a key for a Ferrari 355. And I think that's the cool thing is that I, I didn't get into this, like just trying to, you know, become a, like a, a mega rich guy just selling keys. You know, I got into this cause I love cars and I, I encourage that whatever we produce, go to something that's actually meaningful to you. So, and, and that's what I, you know, that's why when you say like, Oh, I, I wouldn't see these keys with a key ring. Like, there's definitely people that do that, but a lot of people don't. Even guys with huge collections, like they'll just get one of our keys for like their top one or two cars that they just absolutely adore. And and that's what I love about what we do. You know, like every car on our feed, it's it's not some kind of marketing ploy. We're not trying to like grow from it. It's it's just people we've met along the way, and it's just super interesting. Like the FJ we shot, he's a producer for. Top Gear and Chef's Table, but you would think, oh, it's just some guy that made a bunch of money and now he gets to have a toy. It's not. Like, he, his dad gave him that FJ and it was a piece of shit back then and it <laughs> saved his life because in college he drove like 15 hours in a blizzard and he was scared to death that he was, you know, going to make a mistake that night, but it got him through and, and since, you know, his success, he's restored it, but that's his FJ, you know, and so that's what I love. Like, I love seeing the people and now connecting that to cars that I just, I just love. Like I, I can't, I can't pick a favorite of mine because I just really, really love cars and it's just perfect for the line of work we do, you know? Sure. Why don't you, so I'm assuming that the, the, the GTR that's there with you is in there with her custom key. Is that how the process goes? Does the car need to be brought to you or, or how does that work? If somebody wants to have a key oh. made. Uh, so we, do about like 50% of people will just purchase a blank from us okay. um, because we have a lot of international sales and they'll just have mm. their local lots and they cut it. Um, and uh, the other 50%, we offer duplication services 
and uh, they'll send their key in by post and we'll take care of it, send both back. And then obviously if there's local guys, um, we invite them over. Like this is a closed studio because we have a lot of design projects and then also, you know, uh, heavy NDA OEM projects that are ongoing. So we're just, it's not a showroom you can walk into, but um, if it's uh, someone's really interested, you don't have to have a million dollar GTR. You can let us know and, and, you know, pop on by and we'll show you everything and take care of you here too. Yeah, well, I was looking all through the keys, and while it is a luxury item, I would say, which is a good thing, it's not so crazy out of this world that, like, somebody who just has, like, their favorite car, this isn't going to be so over the top that you can't do this. This isn't, like, a $100,000 key. You know, like, no. Like no. a Bugatti customer. There's I, a couple on that website that you could buy a Honda Civic for. Uh, they're so. pretty special <laughs> keys. Beautiful <laughs> keys. Yeah, yeah. but most of them are not. No, In no, fact, no. Uh, I've actually, I, I, it took me a second, and I saw it on your Instagram. I was like, that's where I've seen one of these before. There's a certain Driver's Club uh, previous member with a Porsche who has one of your keys ah, that I've yes. seen before. Okay. So it's featured on your page, actually. So there's a... Uh, yeah. yeah. I, Fine art. <laughs> I actually try and, like, keep everything within reach. Um, our markup is, is not that high because if you actually have our product, you'll know by the machining quality, and some of these require 5 axis mills, so we don't really take a huge margin off them because I want them to be, like, relatively accessible. Um, and... For those that are looking for something super special, like uh, our client that did one for the McLaren F1, um, okay. we do take bespoke projects like here and there. Um, and it'll literally be a one-off thing and we'll roll through it exactly like an industrial design studio and go from scratch. Um, but yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, I was going to say, there's so many people I know that I'm going to tell about this after this because I'm like, they need this for their car. It is. It, it is. It's such a perfect match to the car, and I. We know a lot of people in the community. I'm like, have you guys seen this? Because this is amazing, and it would be perfect. And I, like, I think of uh, some friends of ours down in Tacoma right now with a large collection who would probably because they love watches and they love Screw stuff them. like that. I'm thinking about my Triumph right now. <laughs> <laughs> Not just us, but yeah. Some people are just talking about like, oh yeah, we got to tell this person about that. And oh yeah, this is. For our listeners, we, our, our audience is mostly listeners. I will post photos on the Avance page of these keys. And, of course, I will direct people to FormerWorks to see them in person or to see them online. But. What I'm seeing is I think you and I need custom keys for our Honda monkeys. That's, I agree with that. That's what I think. Honda I think that's, you know, that's a market he hasn't tapped. And I think that's a real, you know. No, I bet kidding. you there is a very large vintage <laughs> no, motorcycle is. market for these. Is, yeah, yeah. I was say, this is the yeah you know, I on the Lolo, I, I have been doing some motorcycle keys. Like, <laughs> I'm not really See? sharing it too much because I don't have full compatibility with everything. I'm kind of learning as I make them for people. But, yeah, I've done some BMWs, some, uh, done a couple of Yamahas, and, and a Triumph actually because our engineer – has a triumph so we've done a couple of those and then now i'm getting people who are car guys that you know have graduated and have really nice homes there's a few of them that do <laughs> not spend everything on the cars but they are looking for uh house keys too so yeah i just i think Makes that uh, we're tapping into something interesting because our whole brand message is to unlock your treasure and halfway through we realize i guess treasures are not just cars but <laughs> That's so cool, though. Like, this is totally an untapped market. And seeing it, like, 
I mean, until you see it, you don't really appreciate how cool this is. So listeners, please check out Former Works because you guys need to see this stuff to really like, once you see it, you get it immediately. You get it. It's it's like getting a watch or something. And then you, I mean, I, I think that's the best comparison you said is like, you know, people are going out there and they're, you know, even car companies are getting in and building these watches that are millions of dollars because it's it's part of your passion on your wrist. And I mean, yeah. and yes, in the sneaker game, I, I wish I was deeper into that. I mean, and, and the cost of that, but to have something unique on your feet. I mean, that doesn't, doesn't surprise me that this is, it's one of those things, the minute I saw it, I was like, oh yeah, that makes total sense. Well, I, I don't know why people haven't been doing this forever, but um, yeah. also, you know, knowing that you touched a market that is so untouched, I guess. Yeah. yeah so you kind of knocked it out of the park too. Cause uh, you're not going to have, there's not going to be a lot of competition that's going to be able to do anything. No, that's for sure. No, no. So what do you, <laughs> what other passion projects do you have? Maybe not projects, but just what other passions do you have? I know we, we all love cars in the show, but this is about you. What, what else is out there for you that you haven't talked about? Uh, I mean, so I, I've had to cut been very, uh, like just be disciplined about what we're doing. Um, so I've cut a lot of our, um, our, industrial design projects out but like i've said before we've done like anything and everything in between and and uh and now i'm just i'm focusing on getting the keys out as well as um using our extensive understanding of supply chain for eyewear so we're looking at doing some eyewear and just really trying to do stuff for drivers um and just like the whole arena of action and vehicles like even pilots because i've had a lot of interest with um helicopter pilots and cessna pilots so i i'm we're we're doing we're getting into some fun stuff and we're going to definitely apply our skill and designing and building really nice products just around several degrees of separation um and but the keys will always be like our passion um projects where we're not looking for margin. We're really going to flex on design and make them like pieces of functional jewelry, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, like that's kind of where Forma is going. And uh, I guess on my side, just because I did work at Oakley for so long, I just kind of inevitably got into mountain biking and skiing and just became part of the job. And now it's like part of my character as well. So I'm definitely like love cars, but I love the outdoors too. My, my other daily is uh, um, an FJ that I've decked out for overlanding. So just through and through, you know, love the track, love to go overlanding, um, loved all the slam stuff, loved the, you know, street, the, you know, the street monsters. I can put nine second quarter miles. I just love it all and involved in as much of it as I can be before I, my time on this earth is up, you know? <laughs> Heck Yeah. And we're, we're all about all that too. So we, especially the overlanding and the mountain biking and the skiing. And God, yeah, I need to get out more. Uh, <laughs> all that free yeah. time. Yeah, nice man. So I mean, I mean, obviously with the keys, like you said, you're, you're expanding out a little bit in, into eyewear. But I mean, is there something like like Dan was saying, a passion project that you've designed that maybe you haven't put out there, but you know something that you enjoy? Like, I mean, so many people I feel like that, that do this end up especially car people, they end up designing car products, like, you know, not necessarily keys, but like gear shift knobs or handle, you know, window handle, things like that. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've done stuff like that all day long. We've done several shift knobs and buttons and levers and just tactile stuff, steering wheels. Um, wow. But typically, like, it, it would really just be either for ourselves or because one of our B2B key clients, like, understand 
our skill level and just ask us to work on something something else. And so we've done a lot of those things here and there. Like right now, even in the back, I'm doing some little like machined badges for all of these uh, really nicely track-filled M4s now. You know? So it's like, we'll, we'll take little things here and there, but um, there's just so many. Like our project folder is probably in the eight or 900 mark now. So I just, I can't keep track of it all. Yeah. That's a good problem to have. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sure scope creep has got to be a really easy thing for you guys uh, in that. <laughs> there's such a demand for it. It's funny because there was this, I think there still is, but it's going away quickly from what I'm seeing in the industry is that we were so worried that we were, people were going to lose this passion for cars. Like there was this time mm. where it's like everybody, everybody's just driving, driving a Corolla or a Focus or whatever. And I don't mean like an RS or a GR, you know, they're just driving their to and from car and they don't care anymore. But the market has not shown that at all anymore. We're seeing a lot of this stuff come back. Come back. People want cars that drive. And it's, it's funny because as much as they're pushing up against it, there's more and more of this market, like you said, the air-cooled market through the roof, the, the vintage JDM market. And by vintage, I'm dating myself because I say 80s and 90s. JDM market is through the roof. And it's yeah. like, you know, we're all, we all can't wait for the R34 to hit the 25-year-old so we can start importing them, <laughs> and which they're going to go through the roof again. And so it's cool to see... The individualistic style. Remember when we did it? It was just like whatever you could, you know, shitty part you could get from Shucks, you bolted onto your car. Yeah, they all oh, said right, APC and, and they now, were clear taillights. Yeah. And now that has shifted. People are like, no, they want bespoke quality items. Yeah. And they, we see it a lot in Avance because people yeah. want that really special stuff. They don't want something just off the shelf. They want to not just individualize it, but do it in a quality way. And I love that that is the trend that we're seeing more and more of is people want quality parts on the car that's their own. Well, I think you you hit it with the individual thing. Like everybody, you know, you know look at the overlanding scene. Every, everybody's got a Prinsu. Everybody's got the Rome boxes. Now, that being said, I have the Rome boxes on top of my car because I love them. But you want, <laughs> you want to set yourself apart. And a lot of that has, I think, a lot of the individuality in cars, especially with overlanding, comes from the vinyl stuff and stuff that you can set your car apart. And I mean, yeah. part-wise, you know, if, if you've got a Tacoma, you're pretty much going to be putting the Fox, the Fox shock suspension, Prinsu racks, things like yeah, that. But icon, yeah. it's setting your car apart. I mean, it's no difference in any, you know, in the in the lowrider scene or anything like that. So yeah, um, but you can throw a hundred grand at an overlander and you're going to be like every other overlander with a hundred grand of their car. And then you pull out the key. <laughs> yeah. And that's what they're going to remember yeah. because everybody has seen every light bar under the sun and every rack and every set of, True. you know, wheels and tires and skid plates and God knows what else. And you're just like, cool. But you pull something like that out and you pulled out a piece of art and that's what's cool. It, it's that slam it on the table effect. You know, yeah. it, it's, it's, you can't wait to get to lunch so you can put the key on the table and be like, oh, is that what you started yours? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We just, we just did one. I kind of like went out of my way to make one for a very special client for his um, the Earth Roamer or Earth Cruiser, one of those oh, yeah. gigantic overlanding rigs. It's a, yep. And it was like a Mitsubishi Fuso underneath and just. It was super weird because we're doing all this work to make a Fuso key, and everyone's like, "Why?" And then saw what it went to. But <laughs> oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, totally. But I think that's what you touch upon is super interesting because it's not like I think that everyone is going to want to customize things, no matter whatever time frame um, we're in, or, or I guess era. But what's super interesting to me now is just seeing how things are skyrocketing, like you said, in a lot of the 80s and 90s cars. Um, and for a while, I just used to think that maybe it's just because all of the 
you know, people of our generations are, are getting older and they're able to purchase things, enjoy more and find demand. There's just not that many cars on the market for all of us who are getting older. Um, but I don't know, like after I thought about it for a while, I saw a really big cultural shift because when I was younger, I noticed that, you know, the Honda guys would stick to the Honda guys. Like maybe it's like socioeconomic classes would just kind of stick to their own. Like, oh, I want to be the snobby Ferrari guy or the Porsche guy. And like, you're, you're in your thing, you know? Um, but it's completely flipped now. And like, I just see it like the Avant Spark that, is, that drove me here. Like, it's just people are understanding what it means to just be a good human being and be passionate about cars and, and have a community around that. And it's almost like, it's almost like this is a modern country club now where people can come together, mingle, talk about business, talk about cars. And it's just like a safe place to do so and grow. You know, and, and just share and grow as people. And that's what I love. That's what I'm seeing is so different from back then. And maybe it's the information age. Maybe it's it's the fact that you have you can see the world at your fingertips, but whatever is driving that, I, I appreciate that, you know. And it's just super interesting to me. Well, I think that's important. I think that, you know, it, well, I was used to describe the cars in the 80s and the 90s as like a high school prom where everybody had their section in the gym, but nobody crossed the lines. Oh, yeah. And I think now everybody kind of, you know, they have a passion for it, you know, and that you want to walk across the parking lot and understand what that, why that guy did that or, you know, how, yeah. you know. Why did you drill holes in the back of your bumper on your Porsche? Oh, okay. <laughs> well, and our other claim to fame is we have the only functioning Facebook car group. This is true. But it's not yeah. dysfunctional. Yeah. <laughs> Where you can ask a question and get an answer. Yeah, nobody's going to treat you, you know. We'll call you names, but it'll be to your face. It's not going to be online where there's proof of it. So, you know, it's like. It's like I like the. Uh, you should know that, dumbass. Let me start with this post by saying I did something stupid. Now yeah. I need to fix it. <laughs> and then you get an actual response. Which is a nice change of pace. Everybody else is sitting there going, I did that too. Yep. <laughs> or you get the uh, following. <laughs> following that, yeah. Yeah. So, nice. Well, Daniel, I really appreciate you taking the time to come and talk to us and kind of, you know, let us know about this. Um, obviously, can you give us all the breakdown as far as where people can find you or get a hold of you? Yeah, for sure. Um, we have our website, Forma Works, so F-O-R-M-A, which is, I think, Greek or Latin for beauty, uh, and works, the German word for discipline and structure, W-E-R-X, so FormaWorks.com. Um, or at Formalworks for our Instagram. And it's kind of like that's the only place we'll share stuff and where we live right now. Nice. Yeah. Excellent. You should definitely check out the Instagram, everybody, because it's, uh, it's as much art as it is an advertisement for your product. It's one of the better ones I've seen. Like, I don't know who your photographer is, but they knock it out of the park every time. I was truly impressed, which is very rare because we see a lot of photographers. I'm not a lot. Of, I'm not often impressed. I love your products, but I was like, "Damn, this is a really nice page." <laughs> like, I just want to follow it for the content alone. It's a like I said, if you like industrial design, if you like art, if you like cars, this is definitely a page you want to follow and check out. You guys, it's it's worth a nod. It's worth checking out. I was genuinely impressed. Yeah. So, excellent. Thank you guys. I appreciate yeah. it. It's, uh, it's been yeah. fun and one of the more chill podcasts. So. Well, that's that's kind of what we've been doing. We've been doing this now for weekly for how many? Two hundred and two hundred to be two hundred and fifty-two or three, I think. So, like three and a half years, four years. It started by you know us sitting around after a car show, having a few beers with people, and as they say, holding court. And uh, you know, we enjoy it this way. And and Avance has really helped us to uh, 
to obviously get to know some people that we never would have met up here. So, I mean, I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Daniel. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Thank you for having me. It's super yeah. fun. Yeah. Well, for this episode of uh, the Avance podcast, and I almost said it wrong. I I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Nick. I'm Dan. And don't just get there. Enjoy the drive. And I was like, don't do that. Wrong button.